this beautiful Thursday evening. Amen. Praise the Lord, everybody. I was thinking it's great when the Lord is speaking to you and you feel like you have something, and then it's like, man, maybe tonight's the night where I get called on. I'm ready if tonight's the night. Uh, well, that wasn't me tonight. That was me last week. I felt like the Lord was speaking to me about stuff. He just put in scriptures in my heart, and it's like, you know, I'm just going to be ready if, if I get called on. And next thing I know, my dad messaged me just a few hours ago asking if I'd say something tonight. So, but the Lord knows, and I trust him with it. So um, I'm going to do my best just to just read the scriptures that the Lord has put on my spirit um, and just say everything I feel the Lord has said to me and not try and add anything to it um, and just allow him to, to speak to you whatever he wants to speak to you through, through these scriptures that he's placed in my heart. Um, if we could just go to Revelations 12:11, we've, we've shared this a lot recently, um, especially emphasizing the, the last part of that verse because of how often it's, it's not talked about or how often it's skipped. Um, like I said, we, we probably all know it because we've said it a lot lately, but it just says, and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony and they loved not their lives unto the death. And it was, it was the last part of that scripture, the part that, that we've talked about so much recently that the Lord just, just put in my spirit. He, he didn't really say much with it, but just put that in my spirit. And so I, I just, I've been thinking about it over the past few weeks, and how can we not love our lives? How do we, we get to that point? Obviously, we, we work, we do things to in a way, feed our flesh, we, we entertain ourselves, we have fun, um, but how do we not love our lives and still still live this life that we're in and live for God? And um, he also began to speak to me in Matthew chapter 5, verse 3, known as the Beatitudes. Starting at verse 3, it says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceeding glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. Obviously, each of those verses starts with blessed. There's, there's a blessing um, but what follows, what you have to do to obtain that blessing doesn't necessarily sound like the, the most ideal thing or the nicest thing, but what I noticed in the pattern in this is that not a single one of these things that you must do to be blessed, not a single one of them is for yourself. Blessed are the poor in spirit. It doesn't sound like something that's, that's very good for yourself to be poor in spirit. 
Blessed are they that mourn. It doesn't sound good to mourn, but, but he'll comfort you when you mourn. Blessed are the meek. That means humble. That means those that don't seek attention, but that are of a low estate. Blessed are the meek, for they, for they shall inherit the earth. And I think of the scripture where um, when you seek him privately, not to be seen, he'll reward you openly. And that doesn't mean, okay, I'm going to go to my place privately so that I can be rewarded openly. But when you're meek, when you're doing it out of a hunger for him, not to be seen, you'll inherit the earth and you'll receive blessing. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. And if you're feeling empty and you're hungry for him, he'll fill you. Blessed are the merciful, those that maybe have done you wrong. If you're merciful to them, blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. I don't know about you, but I've received a lot of mercy from God. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Those that have right motives, those that don't do things to receive a reward. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake. And this, this is the hardest one right here. The other one's like, okay, you know, I, I can make do with that. You know, I can spend time with God, but those that are persecuted for righteousness' sake, that's one that somebody else does to you. That's not one that you do yourself. Blessed are the persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Last night, we had a guy's Bible study, and I talked about just Adam and Eve and um, the first sin of eating of the fruit after the serpent tempted Eve, and uh, just as I began to talk about it, I hadn't had this thought before, but um, I correlated taking taking that bite of the fruit. That bite was just just one moment, just one thing to feed her flesh. What she what she saw was appealing to her. It was just that one bite, and what that did determined her entire eternity. She no longer had eternity to live. Adam and Eve no longer had eternity, but they would die. The scripture says that the wages of sin is death, and and I thought of that, that one bite, that one little bit of feeding the flesh, I thought of it as our life. Our life is just a vapor. It's just a small moment. And in that one moment where we make a decision, do we want to eat of the fruit or do we want to do what God asked us to do will determine our eternity. Um, I don't know what that was for, but just continuing on. Rejoice and be exceeding glad, for great is your reward in heaven. If you're persecuted, great will be your reward. For so persecuted they, the prophets, which were before you. Uh, in Acts 5, verse 41, it says that they, they rejoiced that they would suffer for his name. Um, it's not exactly how it words. If you want to turn there, we can. And loving not our lives. Acts 5.41. And they departed from the presence of the council. This is right after uh, these men had told them not to speak in the name of Jesus. And, and what did they go do? They, they left and rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer the shame for his name. They were counted worthy. They, that doesn't sound like it goes together. Man, I was persecuted because I was, I was worthy enough to be persecuted for speaking in the name of Jesus. And then it says, And daily in the temple and in every house they cease not to teach and preach Jesus Christ. 
1 Corinthians 1, verse 26. As I said, I don't have much to say, just trying to read the scriptures that First Corinthians one twenty six says, For ye see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. It sounds a little bit like Matthew chapter five. You're you're blessed, not because you're mighty, but you're blessed if you're meek and But God hath chosen the foolish things of this world to confound the wise, and God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound things which are mighty, and base things of the world, and things which are despised hath God chosen, yea, and things which are not to bring to naught the things that are, that no flesh should glory in his presence." That's the whole point of all this, of loving not our lives, so that our flesh doesn't receive glory, so that God receives all of the glory. But of him are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption, that according as it is written, he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. Amen. Like I said, I don't really have much to say, just those scriptures, the Lord just began to speak to me and sort of out of nowhere just connected them a little bit and gave me a bit of direction on how can I not love my life and obviously it's not something we can do ourselves we're flesh we love the things of this world we love feeding our flesh and entertaining ourselves and but when you get to a place of where you can no longer love your life and you allow the Lord to to work in you and you look at those things in Matthew chapter 5 again not to receive blessing because I guarantee you it's it's not fun going through the things that you have to go through to receive those blessings that it says. But the way I view it is, it's just the Lord pro- providing and sustaining you. You know, you see the one that said, um, blessed are those that mourn for they shall be comforted. <laughs> Obviously, you still have to mourn to be comforted. Wouldn't it be easier to just always be comforted, you know, and never have to mourn, but the Lord will take you to a place where, where you have to rely on him, where you're, where you're mourning so that he can comfort you, so that you look to him to comfort you, because in this world, we're not going to find anything that comforts us. Only God is the one that can comfort us, and I've started a new job fairly recently, and uh, right as I think I'm starting to get the hang of something, Something else comes up, and I'm like, goodness, how in the world am I ever going to figure this out or, or learn this? And I find myself every day just almost nervous of what's, of what's to come this day, what, what new is going to come up this day, because without fail, there's, there's something new that comes up. And um, I'll be honest, I, I haven't gotten to a point where I go to work yet, and I'm, you know what, this is going to be fine. I'm not... I, I got this all figured out. I haven't gotten to that point yet. Um, I don't know if I'll ever get to that point. And I'm okay with that because I've started to notice that the Lord has just kept me in a place of, God, I don't know what I'm going to do right now. This is something that that I can't take credit for. I believe you gave it to me. You blessed me with this. And so, Lord, I'm going to use it for your glory, even if that means it's to break me down or it's to put me in a place of reliance on you. And so I just, 
makes me want to look at our circumstances, whatever we might be going through, and we may be thinking, man, how am I ever going to figure this out, God? You gave this to me, I thought, so what's going on? Why do I feel this way? Why am I going through this? But really, it could just be an opportunity where the Lord is seeking to bless you. Maybe not in the way that you think where you're going to receive an abundance of things in this world, but where he can bless your spirit. Can we just pray right now, God, let us see our circumstances. Lord, let us not be blinded by the things of this world that we miss what you are doing in the spirit. Lord, open our eyes to see what you have in store, oh God, to see the purpose for each season that you have us in. That we would love not our lives, Lord, that we would not seek to add to ourselves, Lord, but that your spirit would work in us, oh God, and would shape us for your kingdom. That we would be instant in and out of season wherever you have us in this time. In Jesus' name, I put my trust in you, O God, in every circumstance. Praise God. As I said, I don't know what that's for. for. It's not, maybe not the most exciting thing to think about, but when you realize that everything is for a reason, he has a purpose for everything, and he, he will provide. It, again, it doesn't mean you're going to have plenty and have so much you don't know what to do with, which may happen in some areas, but he will provide just enough where you have to rely on him. You have to put your trust in him. If you love not your life and seek the kingdom of God and seek to give him all the glory through every circumstance that you're in. So, Praise God. Amen. And amen. I don't want to. This hour of where we are and where I believe the Lord is calling us to. Where he's calling us to. Um, there was something in the early church. I find when I read the book of Acts again. Um, that no matter what they went through, the joy of the Lord seemed to be present in their life. They went through some stuff. I mean, have you read the book of Acts? I mean... He started in verse 41 in Acts 5. You should have skipped up to about verse 36 and read down. They were beaten. Anybody here ever been beaten? Well, I mean, I mean yeah, yeah, I've been there. <laughs> All the kids were like, saw a few kids' hands go up. Rescue me, elder. I probably needed it a few times. Anybody here ever been beaten for the name of the Lord? No. They watched their family members have their heads cut off. It's in there. You know, James was John's brother. 
John had to watch his brother go into prison and then learn that his head had been cut off for following Jesus Christ. And then John had to choose to continue to openly follow and declare Jesus Christ. It's in the book. The the verse that Brother Ethan started with that, as he mentioned, we sort of come at several times along the journey here is so vital. To love not your life doesn't mean you have to hate your life. All right, sometimes people put it in that context. How do I, how do I just hate myself? How do I, that's not what the Bible is talking about. It just means I don't put my life above the calling of God and the purpose and plan of God in my life. We got to have the whole verse. They overcame him, the accuser, the accuser, the adversary, the one that would try to destroy the church. They overcame. Anybody want to overcome the adversary? They overcame by the blood of the lamb, by the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto the death. Praise God. May the spirit of the Lord within us be so quickened and so alive. And the fire of the spirit. You know, he said he baptizes with the Holy Ghost and with fire. And the fire of the spirit burns so much within us that come what may, we find ourselves in the book of Acts as God would write us there. Amen. I I want to share just a couple of things with you that have been on my heart all day long. And I was I was driving early this morning and um it was, it was still dark. And it it started it started to become daylight. The the horizon started uh to get brighter. There was no sun. <laughs> It was cloudy. It was gray, but it, it, it started to sort of brighten up. You know that how that does in the daytime. How, even, even though you can't see the sun and you can't see, right? So I'm driving along. Uh, I was heading to Spokane, and and I, I'm I'm noticing. You know, my eyes are adjusting as I'm noticing it's getting a little bit brighter. This isn't some deeply revelatory thing. This is just how the Lord was dealing with me this morning. And I, I crested a hill. And when I crested a hill off in the distance through a break in the clouds, I could see the moon. It looked like a full moon. I don't know if it was last night, but I could just see it through. A, 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 not the whole moon. I could just tell it was there. And then as I came back down the hill and back up again, it was gone again. I couldn't see it anymore. But... But it was it was getting lighter. And I was just talking to the Lord as I was driving, and I was reminded of the scriptures in Genesis 1. We know them, right? And God said, let there be light. Isn't it interesting that light's the first thing he created? In a world filled with darkness, the first thing he created was light. 
Now, you know, he didn't create the sun, the moon, and the stars until the fourth day. So clearly there's an element of light that he created that is not predicated on the sun, the moon, and the stars. You with me? He created light before he created the sun, the moon, and the stars. And then on the fourth day, he created those things. And many of you have heard me say this before, but it bears repeating. He created the sun and the moon. The Bible says he created the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night. And he made the stars also. The evening and the morning were the fourth day. Hope I'm getting my days right. Um, the principle of the word there is that whether it was the greater light, the sun, or the lesser light, the moon, the principle is God created light to rule the darkness. This was God's design is that light would rule. And at the fall of man, you guys okay? At the fall of man, but Ethan talked about, them taking the fruit at that point of decision where man turned to his own devices. Darkness gained one up on light in their life. You with me? They gave room to their own desire. The question was posed to me, could Adam and Eve have committed another sin besides taking of the fruit? Was it possible for them? And that's, I'm sure, quite a discussion sometime if you want to have it and debate through all of that. I believe that the reality is Adam and Eve did not know right from wrong. Conscience hadn't been introduced yet. We weren't in the dispensation of conscience. We were in the dispensation of innocence. Innocence is when you just don't know. A child that's born is innocent, right? They don't know certain things until mom and dad tell them. And they learn as they're told. Well, the Lord Jesus Christ, Almighty God, when he created man, he created mankind in his design that man would not know right and wrong of his own accord. We know this from the beginning. He created mankind. This is why he told Adam, and he, don't eat of the tree of knowledge of what's it called? God said, I don't want you to eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. I don't want you to have the knowledge of good and evil. What kind of God is that? You understand why, don't you? Just in case, we'll talk about it. Here's why. We see in the beginning God's plan for us. God's plan is that man's choices regarding right and wrong would not come from their own, come from their own knowledge, but would come from the voice of God directing their lives. Adam, this is right. No, Adam, this is wrong. Don't eat of the tree, Adam. That's wrong. Everything else is right. 
well, what else can I do, Lord? You can do this. You can do innocence. This was God's plan and God's design. And so notice the Lord said, now that they've ate of that tree, be like us. Spiritual beings that know right and wrong. Okay? He wasn't saying us, multiple gods. He was talking about himself and the angels. Spiritual beings, created beings of God that were created to know right and wrong. All right? They knew right and wrong. The angels did wrong, and they were cast out of heaven because they did wrong, the ones that did. They knew. And so God never intended for man to step into that place. His design was that he would always be the voice to man for right and wrong. And so you and I, as we are filled with the Spirit of God, as we are filled with the Spirit of God, by his design, I believe he would take us back to that place of innocence. I don't mean back to the Garden of Eden, not in this life. But I mean to a place to where he becomes the compass in my life regarding right and wrong as I'm led by the Spirit of God. And so he's ever directing me in right and wrong. If I can use those terms, I probably would be better to say knowledge of good and evil. He's ever directing me by his spirit. We see that plan. Now, light, back to light. God created light. Fast forward, John chapter 1. And you know these verses because I probably quote them more than any other verse. Um, but I'm not going to quote the first verse because you guys all have that one memorized now, right? Um, I love John chapter 1. I really do. Um, This is speaking of Jesus Christ, of the Almighty God. Verse 3, all things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and watch, the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe. He was not that light, John. John the Baptist was not that light. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light, notice verse, which lighteth every man that entereth or cometh into the world. Won't you see that? This is Jesus. The true light that lights every man that cometh into the world. And God said, let there be light. Now, go to Matthew 5. Brother Ethan stopped reading. We'll just pick up right there. Matthew chapter 5. Verse 14. He stopped at 12. We're just going to keep reading in the Beatitudes Sermon on the Mount here. You are. Everybody say, I am. You are the light of the world. 
You're a city that's set on a hill, cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick. And it gives light to all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men. That's clear instruction from the Lord Jesus. Let your light so shine. This isn't personal light that I create. We read in John 1 and quoted from Genesis 1, God said, let there be light. And Jesus Christ is the light, the true light, that lights every man that comes into the world. And then he directs us, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father, which is in heaven. Now, when you close your Bible, that gives you hope. Oh, he's almost done. So I'm driving to work this morning. You guys are going, what did that have to do with anything he said? You back with me now, driving on the road, starting to get daylight? Like I said, this not divinely revelatory or anything, but the Lord started talking to me. I love it when he does this. I'm simple, so he has to talk to me simple. I've watched the day break many times. I've watched it light up in the morning many times. You done that? The Lord started talking to me as I'm talking with him. He said, do you see the sun? And I started looking. Well, eyes on the road, sort of. No, Lord, I don't see the sun. Do you see the moon? Well, I saw it. Do you see? I no, I don't see the moon now. I just see gray, gray skies, thick gray skies. So how come the whole earth that you see is lighting up right? You ever think about that? No, you don't. Okay. I was thinking about that this morning. Everything's lighting up, but I don't see the sun. Everything's lighting up, but I don't see the moon. Here's what the Lord said to me. The light I created is so powerful that even when it's not visible to you specifically, it casts light that everyone can see. Even the covering of thick clouds can't stop what I created from bringing light to darkness when I say it's time. And because it was time, even though I could not see the sun, Brother Johnstone, the earth began to light up. You say, well, yeah, but the sun was there. It was. But I couldn't see it. But it did not matter that I could see it or not. All that mattered was that it was there. And the fact that it was there, so powerful is it that it would penetrate its rays, though I do not see the natural rays. Its rays would permeate all the clouds and all the gray and cause the earth to come to light. I don't know if you're feeling what I'm feeling. But the Lord started talking to me in my car. 
and said, I don't care if people see the light specifically in you or not. Some of them have so many clouds blinding their mind and so many things that are darkness that they can't seem to see through. But if you'll allow the light I've put in you to shine, it will penetrate the darkness wherever I take you. And it will bring light where they can see when they could not see before. You are the light of the world. You are the light of the world. I got to say, you are. You are. We need a revelation of who you are. You are. You say, man, it's so dark out there. Yes, but you are the light of the world. And when you step into darkness, it can seem how great is that darkness. And that could be true. But darkness is not greater than light. And you and I are the light of the world. And so when you step into the office, when I step into the workplace, when we step into a dark situation, the light that has lit our lives begins to penetrate and permeate the darkness. And they may not see the light specifically because maybe the clouds are gray or the darkness is there. But you and I must know the light is greater than darkness. And light is made to rule darkness. Please don't take that word rule like under your thumb. It means to have dominion over. Light has dominion over darkness. And so when you and I are washed in the blood, in the waters of baptism, in the name of Jesus, when we are baptized with the Spirit, the gift of the Holy Ghost comes and dwells in us. Now this light that lives... Why do you think he said, I will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire? I think maybe if it had been in today's terms, they would have said, I'll baptize you with the Holy Ghost in LEDs. Maybe not. But you understand what he was saying. I'm baptizing you with fire. I'm putting light in your life. Fire was light. That was the only source of light in their day. And so when he bat the baptism of the Holy Ghost is not just power, it's light. When he fills you with your... Why is it that you can see someone filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost and all of a sudden it's like they got a glow on their face? What, ha what happened to you? And I got baptized with the Holy Ghost and light, fire. I know we've talked about the baptism of fire, like burning away chaff and like... And, and I believe in all that. But I got fresh revelation today driving down the road. The baptism of fire is light. Stand with me tonight. You, you, you are, these are not my words, the words of the Lord Jesus Christ. You are the light. I'm, I'm going to change it just a little bit, but not change context, okay? You are the light of your world. Of your world.
Sister Vanessa, when you get up in the morning and those beautiful, precious children come running to you, you are the light in their world. Brother Martini, you walk into that RV place and you can think, man, there's a lot of darkness here. You are the light of the world. Praise God. Would you talk to him right now? In Jesus' name. 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 name. I pray the light that comes from you. The light of your spirit. It's you that lights every man that enters into the world. Every man that comes into the world. Jesus, you are that light. I pray according to your word, by your grace and the empowerment of your spirit. I pray let the light of your people so shine in this dark world. Let the light of your people so shine that it would glorify you, Father, that you would be exalted, that men would be drawn to you, Jesus, according to your design and your purpose and your plan. Let it illuminate sin. Let it dispel darkness. Let it bring clarity and understanding in dark recesses. In Jesus' name I pray. Let the light so shine. Let the light so shine. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. What we read in the book of Acts, those stories of the disciples and what they went through, they had made a conscious decision. They were deliberate. I'm going to say that again. They were deliberate. They were intentional about letting their light shine. They weren't going, I'm just, I'm just going to see what happens. Maybe today it'll, it'll shine. You understand? They were beaten because they were intentional. They decided, you know what? If this light costs me my head. Man, I just got that old song coming back. This little light of mine. They determined, I'm going to let it shine. I'm going to allow it to shine. I'm going to be intentional. And their intentional actions turned their world upside down. When they went into Asia, not Asia like we know it on the map today, but what was Asia in their In two years, all of Asia heard the word of God. That was intentional light shining. So light shining is you and I opening our mouth. Amen? Light shining is bold. This week, I've had some situations in the workplace, and I finally thought, you know what? I'm just done with all this. Love not your life to the death. I, I told the person, I said, I'm praying for you. <laughs> They're like, what? I said, I'm praying for you. 
okay, thank you. They, they didn't know what to do with it. I don't know what they're doing with it still to this day. But they have to deal with it. They have to. This is not the hour. Please, I'm done. This is not the hour to tiptoe and step around things and situations. You go, well, oh, I don't know about that. That could be, oh. I. This is loving not your life to the death. See, oftentimes, I mean, that death can mean into the line. But that death really means if it costs me what I call my life. So be it. I'm not trying to preserve my life, my lifestyle, what makes my life what it is. I'm not trying to preserve that. I'm not trying to preserve my job. I'm not trying to lose it. You understand? You with me? I'm not trying to preserve what people think about me. I'm not trying to damage it. You understand? It's back to our mood. I'm just not loving my life. I'm going to let my light shine. I'm going to open my mouth and say, when the opportunity's there, I'm going to speak what I have to speak, what the Spirit of the Lord quickens to my spirit. Amen? That's intentionally letting. And I'm watching this boldness come on some of you. And I'm loving it. I'm, I'm loving hearing the stories. I, I, I've heard stories about Sister Stephanie Gatton. Just all of a sudden, she's getting bold. She's just telling people to... Amen. In love. Let your light shine in love. Praise God. God bless you. Light of the world, you're dismissed. In Jesus' name.